96-7W. Classified top secret subject is... Hey kids, comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better. Stronger. Hello. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, but was hello you? anyway. Oh, okay. Hello. Oh, were you saying hello to them? I was, yeah. The mythical them. Mythical. Okay. <laughs> they probably are mythical. Yeah. <laughs> they probably exist only in my head. They are the programmers in Tron. They, yes. They don't really exist. And welcome to another episode of Hey Kids Comics. Another? Yes, another. We're churning these out, aren't we? We are. You know we've not missed a week. Have we not? Since we started at Christmas. At all. No. Oh. I am very impressed we're, we're with our good. commitment and dedication to something that we don't get paid for. No, it's surprising that we're more dedicated to something we don't get paid for than we are the things we do get paid for. So that's such is life, mm. as you will find out as you grow older. First off, uh, last week we mentioned feedback from Luke Giaconetti. Uh Luke has a podcast called Earth's Destructive Directive. I didn't know that. At the time, did you not? No, I'm liking the name of it. It's it's about Japanese uh, monster movies. Okay. All right. So if you're interested, go and check out Luke's podcast because I don't think there's enough podcasts. Do you not? No, that's what I love about the 21st century. Right. Entertainment obviously isn't being made for us, so we're making our own. Uh, for real? Yeah. So there isn't a radio station devoted to comics, is no. there? Otherwise, I'd listen to it. Well, so yeah. I fill my Sony Walkman up with podcasts about comics, and I can listen to my own radio station. Yeah. About comics. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's quite excellent. Secondly, we have to give a big shout out to Chris Honeywell. Hello, Chris. And Hello. Scott Gardner. Hello, Scott. Because they talked about us for how long? Um, I don't know. On the Star Wars Monthly Monday, they talked about us all for about five minutes. Yeah. So we really do appreciate the big ups. Mm-hmm. That's quite cool, isn't it? That's very good. I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. They like you. Did they? I don't know why. Well, I don't know why either. Apart from saying that all British people are gay. Are they? No, that's not what they said. They were only kidding. Oh, At least really? I hope they were only kidding. We all got our balls chopped off anyway. Yeah, by Wonder Woman. Yeah, thanks, Jeff Jones. Jeff Jones is scum. Anyway, that's the feedback for this week. <laughs> Good feedback. Yes, well, those was verbal feedback. Mm. And Luke wasn't really feedback. It was only I noticed that he had that podcast. I felt it only nice to plug it for him. Yeah. If you want to send us a, a promo, Luke, we'll we'll stick it in the show. Will we? Yes. Yes. We do that for everybody. We whore ourselves out. Yes, I'm quite happy to whore myself out. Many yeah. listeners as humanly possible. We don't get paid for it, though. So I, I, well, we do it for love. Do we? You don't have to get paid for everything you do, you know? No, but it's nice. Yes. It would be lovely to get paid to talk about comics. It would, yeah. Wouldn't it? Hmm. Your mum would be made up. I got paid for talking about comics. <laughs> certainly get paid a lot. Uh, what if I got paid by the comic? Yeah. That's a fantastic idea. I do you, know, do you not think we should get in touch with a comic shop and get them to sponsor us? We should get little cards made up. We should. When I go to Travelling Man in Manchester, I should just give them a card and say, listen to our show. Hmm. You will like it. 
we are funny. Ace Comics as well. I should get in touch with Ace Comics. Yes. They, they send me their comics every week. Well, they're not those. They're mine because I do pay for them. They don't just send me a box full of comics. It'd be nice if they did. But These are our comics. Yeah. Alas. Alas, they didn't. Anyway, this is a very special episode. And why is it special? It's very special. It's like one of those old episodes of Blossom. It's a very special episode whereby Blossom explains to the audience why she started bleeding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they did special episodes like that all the time. Oh, okay. Yes, they did. It was, it was quite cringeworthy. It's a very special episode. Not because I've started bleeding. Have <laughs> you? Yeah. But no, I've not. Oh, right. One would hope you haven't as well. That's just given, given that you're a boy. And all. Uh, Although the I voice have. has started getting a bit deeper, I've noticed. Thanks. Of late. Yes. Have they gone clang yet? Uh, what? <laughs> we'll leave that until they do. Um, we're I tackling... the floor. Good <laughs> gang! <laughs> Dragging him along behind you. <laughs> Thanks, face off. It's on the <laughs> Buster Godad. <laughs> Who was that guy in Viz with the unfeasibly large testicles? I don't know. I can't remember his name. It wasn't Johnny Fart Pants. It'll come back to me. see, it's, it's a pain when we do sports at school. I would imagine that it is. <laughs> Jeff, we're a support, bro. But, you know, a support. Yeah. A bollock support. Kick the ball. No! <laughs> is that not the sack that they keep all the balls in? <laughs> Quickly nibbles. <laughs> Nibble through my ball sack. Sickest Simpsons <laughs> joke they have ever done. One of the best. One of the best, yes. Anyway, you asked why this was a very special episode. Yeah. Um, we've already gone off at a ridiculous tangent. I do apologise. You're very tolerant of us, faithful listener. Like I say listener. <laughs> this was not all we've got. <laughs> Just, Just the one the guy. <laughs> one guy sits and listens to us. <laughs> but downloads us 48 times to make us look like we've got a viewership those hippies that live in the trees yeah they listen to us all the time because they don't have TV uh, anyway <laughs> should, I've not even got past line two of my notes yet we are tackling not only the longest running superhero comic currently being published featuring arguably the best superhero but also the most controversial of that issue to come down the pike in some time Action Comics 900 <laughs> Explosion. We're topical, are not we? Are we? No, it's been out weeks. Yeah, I know. DC have already pe- backpedalled. Are they? Yes. Those pussies. Yes. Um, I'm Andrew Leyland. And I'm Michael Leyland. And you're not, is what you're supposed to say. I'm not. That's an old Chevy Chase joke. Uh, we're devoting the entire episode to Action 900, so we've already gone back on what we said was going to be the new format of the show last week. Mm. We, we should have done it the other way around. We should have, really. Yeah. But, you know. I couldn't be bothered recording last week's episode and it was all edited and ready to go and we would have had to rush this one. Yeah. And I don't think we do our best work when rushed. No. You need to take your time, you need to caress every corner, you need to gently stroke and ebb and flow and just get the best out of what you're doing. You tell that to my teachers. I don't think you want to be doing that with any of your teachers. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no. Men, yes, yeah, 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 enough. Anyway, we're going to start... First of all, with a little bit of talk about the Smallville season finale. In fact, it was the series to. finale, wasn't it? It was indeed. It was the Smallville series finale. Mm-hmm. Um, Finally. We're going to play a tune, because a couple of our last few episodes have been tune-heavy mm. at the back end. So this is Remy Zero and the Save Me theme from Smallville.
Have you ever heard the full version of that before? No. Yeah. Good. Do you, do you like how we pretend that we've just listened to that it's in real yeah. time yeah. when we aren't? <laughs> Quality. Smallville finished its epic 10-year run this past Friday. Yay! Well, as we record this, anyway, in America. Finally! Um, season 10's not starting over here yet. It's finished! <laughs> the pain is over! Is that what you're saying? Yes. Now, well, see, it was a typical Smallville episode. It was equal parts, peaks and valleys. Um, I think I stopped watching it regular season 4 or season 5. You mean you watched it regularly? I watched it regularly for the first three or four years, and I think I kind of bailed out. I think it was after John Scheider left when they killed Jonathan Kent. Because I do remember watching the one with Tom Wopat in. Whoa, which man. was which was quite cool. Luke Duke. Oh, okay. To John Scheider's Bo Duke, right. and predictably he was driving a Dodge Charger. So there's double the awesomeness there. American Muscle Car, Two Boys Reunion. How cool was that? Sounds good. Um, it's, you know, it just became apparent it wasn't the Superman show I wanted it to be. But it deserves a certain amount of kudos, I think. Um, it's been a steady Superman presence on TV when both the comics and the films haven't got a bloody clue what to do with the character. It's brought a number of people into being fans and hopefully into reading the comics who may have not known or even been interested in Superman before. And... At the very least, it was fantastic in its casting and use of characters. Erica Durance is easily the best live-action Lois Lane since Phyllis Coates in The Adventures of Superman, all the way back in 1953. It has given us live-action looks at characters that, let's be honest, would never have gotten the chance otherwise. Characters such as Zatanna, Martian Manhunter, Hawk, Hawk, Hawkman... Hawkman and Stargirl, to name but a few, have all appeared. And in most cases, been handled really well. You need to watch some Zaytana ones. Yeah, I know. Because I know you're a big fan of Zaytana. Yeah. For obvious reasons. The fishnets being the most obvious. One of them. But one of them, yes. Um, And she's actually quite well cast. Okay. I quite like Surinder Shaw as Zaytana. Uh, the stunt casting has always been pretty top-notch. Terry Hatcher, carrying on the tradition of previous live-action Lois's by playing the new Lois's mum. Dean Cain, Mark McClure, Margot Kidder, Helen Slater and others have all appeared. And Michael McKean as Perry White elevated that particular episode to a different level. Um, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the two appearances by Christopher Reeve. Yeah. One of which actually brought a tear to my cold heart, cynical eye. Did it? Yeah, the first one that he was in, and they played the Planet Krypton music in the background as he told Clark where he was from okay. and his origins on Krypton. And I was, oh! <laughs> that bit was really cool. Okay, I like that. So bit. what was the second one then? I don't remember a lot about the second one. I know he was yeah. in it twice before he died, because obviously he couldn't be in it after he died. Well. Of course, we've had the aforementioned Duke Boys reunion when Tom Wopat showed up. I was just waiting for uh, Daisy Duke to show up, but she never did. No, shame. Not really. Really? Yeah, she's she's um, getting on a bit now. You mean time goes, even though we're like yes, watching Duke of Hazzard? she's well. forever trapped in, in Amber from 1979 to 1986 when the Dukes of Hazzard run. Oh, okay. That's that's, that's Linda Carter was in an episode of Smallville. Sorry, it looks like your oh. balls just went into hiding there. Yeah, well, that's just the mention of Linda Carter. Linda right, Carter! I'm a big fan of Linda Carter. Um, yes, the show had its missteps. We uh, were never... a lot of them. Yeah, well, okay. You were never going to see Tom Welling actually as Superman due to a clause in his contract. And you know, an appearance by Bruce Wayne or Diane, Diana Prince would have been nice. 
Because yeah. surely Bruce Wayne would have moved in the same circles as Lex Luthor or Oliver Queen. That would have been nice to see. Was there not even a Flash? No, yes. It was Bart Allen Flash Ugh. rather than Barry Allen or Wally West. They could have gone for Wally West. I'm all right they could have gone for Wally West, yeah. I think that would have been quite nice. Oh, having a travelling circus come through town and Dick Grayson be in it. Yeah. That would have been a cool and idea. Dead Man. Yes, Boston Brand. Yeah, yeah very good. Yes, See, like we could write this stuff. We could have wrote this stuff. It won't take us ten years. No. Well, it was quite obvious after around season four or five where they just started slowing down. Hmm. And didn't they retcon it that he was 14 when the show began now? Because they obviously didn't plan on it running for that long. Uh, but I think it's an important part of the Superman mythos. Um, it's far too early to determine its legacy. Call back in about ten years for that. But I do hope turning Clark into Peter Parker isn't it. Well, yeah, because Peter Parker was always the introspective, thoughtful one. And Clark's now that as well, and I I think that's just... I thought he always was. No, that's just a disservice to Clark as a character. Clark was never mopey or, oh, woe is me, or... He was in the film, wasn't it? No, not really. Like, in the oh, film, you only saw him for ten minutes as a teenager in the film. gonna go play football, I'm just gonna go run next Well, I don't know trade. why you're here, son, but it's not to score touchdowns. Ain't he a great dad? He's a brilliant dad, and then he keeled over and died. Quite Sounds unfortunately. Okay. Although, although, ten years, not too shabby, when other, perhaps better shows, Veronica Mars, didn't last, ooh, a third as long. No. Which is a shame. I could have watched Kristen Bell for ten years. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, this amazing stranger from the planet Krypton, the man of steel, Superman. Possessing remarkable physical strength, Superman fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice, disguised as a mild-mannered newspaper reporter, Clark Kent. Did you enjoy that? I did, yes. Yes, that was the Superman March. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Not the one from the 78 movie by John Williams. So which one, then? On to action... Oh, it's from... Was it from the 40s, that one? Oh, I'm not too fond of that one, then. Oh, you're not? No. Okay. Uh, on to action 900. Oh, do that again. Again. No, I'm bored now. Oh. Um, your fingerprints are all over my copy of action 900. Oh, boo-hoo. Right, okay. A reiteration from last week. Originally, I didn't want to do this. I figured everybody and his mother already had an opinion on this book. Do you think mums read them? I don't think your mum has an opinion on it. Maybe any other mums has. Maybe another mum somewhere may have read it. There must be a female Superman fan somewhere. Fair enough. Frankly, I was bored of it. I was bored of hearing about Action 900. However, 
when my copy arrived, I realised this issue had far more in it, and a bit more to recommend it, than just the one story that made the news. Mm. And, of course, you, as yes. usual, in your infinite 15-year-old wisdom, pointing out that we're proper British people. Well, last time I checked, yeah. Uh, yes. We're not fake British people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those twirling moustaches out. Yeah. The Russians are calling us back home, comrade. <laughs> Oh dear, proper British people, as I say, not Russian spies. And we may have a different viewpoint on the whole thing. So that, so it's Michael's fault. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, so we decided to spend an entire episode looking at the issue. Okay. There were three covers to this. Three? Three, count three. them. Not that DC likes to milk you of six dollars. Six dollars for this book. It is nearly a hundred pages long, though. Yes, but... There's a yeah. countdown to Infinite Crisis, eight pages for one dollar. Yeah, yeah, I suppose maybe they could have gone a bit cheap. Uh, the first cover, the one we have, is by David Finch, and Superman has glowing red eyes, which is becoming very, very cliched at this point. Um, one with Superman busting out of chains that break into the number 900, and one by Alex Ross, which is a homage to Action Comics Yay. issue one. Which is your favourite? I like the Alex Ross one. Yeah, I like the um, number 900 one. I think, was that Adam Hughes did that one? I think so, yeah. I like that one. I think Alex Ross's looks muddy and dark and not particular celebratory. Well, I still like it because I like Alex Ross, but he's done like the same homage like 400 times, times now, yeah. yeah. Almost 900 times. Okay. Uh, this one that I've got, the David Finch one, that's dark and muddy. It is, yeah. Do you not want like a big celebratory Superman's 900 kind of cover? Oh, yeah, I quite like David Finch, but that's just like, that looks dull. Maybe it's the colouring. Maybe it's not his fault. Mm. Um, well, no, he did paint it. It's none of them scream anniversary issue in the way that the covers to Superman 400 or Action Comics 600 did. And it's quite sad that I bought Action Comics 600 off the shelf and Superman 400. Did you? Yes, I am now old enough to have bought both of them as they came out. Fair enough. Uh, it's my birthday next month as well. It's your birthday! It's my birthday too, yeah! Do you know what's wrong with the Beatles? Nothing's wrong with the Beatles. That's true, you're damn right. Nothing wrong with the Beatles. Beatles are the Stones. Beatles. Excellent choice, my friend. Beatles are Elvis. Beatles. Yeah, I'd go for that as well. Only by a a nose. Because young, dangerous Elvis, I quite like them. Mm. When he came, you know, started doing. Las Vegas specials I kind of lost interest whereas the Beatles were always cool any other Beatles questions? no not off the top of my head something will come to me okay. Lennon or McCartney? McCartney you reckon? yeah excellent it's an unpopular choice but I approve of you of making it okay. he's not got a very good choice in wives since Linda died though has he? Um, no no not really the first story in the book let me turn the page is called the black ring finale reign of doomsday doomsday yes it has two strikes against it to begin with as not only is it the conclusion of a story that's been running through action comics since issue 890 but also being the conclusion to a story that's been running through other superman related books but it is not called Reign of Doomsday. So how are they going to trade paper about this? Two different things. So, But th- isn't this story then going to be in the Black Ring trade no, paper no. volume 2 and Reign of Doomsday? I'm not sure. I, I know this is going to be in the Reign of Doomsday, I think. 
Well, it's going to have to be in Black Ring, presumably. Unless they're going to have you buy a hardcover graphic novel at the end of it, say, to be continued in Reign of Doomsday. Yeah. Which just pisses me off no end. Thanks, DC. You really don't want my money at the minute, do you? No. Yeah. Scum. It was written by Paul Cornell. It has artistic contributions from Pete Woods, Brad Anderson, Jesus Mourinho, Dan Jurgens. <laughs> Dan Jurgens doing a super uh, Norm Rapund, Rags Morales, Ardian Saif, Jamal Eagle. I like him. Do you? He does Satana. He does do. Maybe you should rephrase that. He draws <laughs> Satana. Yes, yes. Okay. John Zibal and Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Gary Frank drew the best pages in the story, quite frankly. Did it? Yes. You really, I, you really, you really think that? I really do. Oh, okay. But we will talk more later. Full disclosure department. I like these. Do you? I don't know. We don't do them a lot. <laughs> no. I don't think we've ever done one before. I know Paul Cornell. Do you? Well, all right, I say no. In the sense that I frequented the same pub as him in the early 90s, the Meter Hotel in Manchester, which was a gathering of sci-fi aficionados, of which he was one and I was another. Um, I spoke to him a couple of times, and he was always nice, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't remember me. Well, what if he does? I doubt that he'd remember me. It is nice to see somebody I can claim as a passing acquaintance. And believe me, if I thought I could dine out on this extremely brave crossing of paths, I would. Doing so well. Can you imagine... If I'd have actually stayed in touch with me somewhere, we could have gone on the set of Doctor Who when David Tennant was the Doctor. Your mum would just have been a screaming puddle on the floor, wouldn't you? Scream, David Tennant! It sounds fun. It does. It did somewhat. But alas, I didn't. And I spoke to him maybe two or three times, and that's pretty much it. We need to go back in time and you talk to him. We need to go back in time so that I can befriend Paul Cornell for the purely cynical reason of getting brownie points with my wife 15 years into the future. You can also go take her watching Bush as well. There is that. Yes. <laughs> Backhand! She's never forgiven me for that. <laughs> anyway, the story begins with a view of Earth and then of a city and then of a bank of shiny, smiling people all waving and then of street level before we are greeted to the full majestic sight of Superman demanding to know where is Doomsday? Lois Lane tells him that when they last saw Doomsday he was beating a superhero called Steel half to death and then they vanished. Aside, Doomsday killed Superman back in the early 90s but Superman got better. Steel was one of the people who rose to take his place when everyone thought Superman was dead. That's just for all the people who've never read The Death of Superman. Which you should. Yeah, it was good, that, wasn't it? It was. The, the stories that followed it were better. Really? I thought. Yeah, I thought Funeral for a Friend was pretty cool and Return uh, of Superman was I even cooler. Funeral for a Friend was quite dull. You, you know nothing, child. I liked Return of the Reign of the Superman. Yeah, it was cool. But I just liked Superman and Doomsday just beating the crap out of each other. Yes, a bit of mindless ultraviolence goes it's, a long yeah. way, doesn't it? It's fun. Good. Superman tells Ms. Lane, I love it when he calls her Miss Lane, not to worry as he's back and he will win, despite Doomsday handing him his head last time they fought. Meanwhile, on the far side of the sun, Doomsday has five captives taken in previous issues on a space station. They are Superboy, Connor Kent, now correct me if I'm wrong on some of these, Supergirl, Kara Zor-El, who is Superman's cousin, who has also survived the destruction of the planet Krypton. Oh, backtracking a bit, Connor Kent is the clone of Clark Kent and Lex Luthor. Mm -hmm. Yes. He was killed in Infinite Crisis by Superboy Prime. So how is he back here, then? Because he's in a comic. 
Excellent, excellent, excellent. Steel, John Henry Irons. Cyborg Superman, Hank Henshaw. And the Eradicator. Is he still the Eradicator? I thought it was the Eradicator. Is it still him? I think so, yeah. Excellent, okay. So basically, all of the people who took up the reins when Superman died. Almost. Except that the Superboy that did that doesn't exist anymore. Does he? Is that the same character? I'm, I'm just all sure. confused I'm with DC sure. continuity. Because it's definitely not the same Supergirl, isn't it? Because yeah. that Supergirl was the protoplasmic matrix, whereas this Supergirl is Kara Zor-El. Yes. Your sister was almost Kara. Was she? It was the, the one of the names on the list. Right. I think your mum nixed it when she discovered that it was a comic book name. Mm. But I just like the name Kara. Mm, I'm getting glurred out there. Okay. No surprise, though. Just me, then. Anyway, Doomsday shows up and a big fight happens. Fight him at Feitenstein. Steel figures out that Doomsday captured them to keep them away from a bigger plan. That bigger plan is Lex Luthor's final elimination of Superman. Mr. Luthor. I think they just farted. No, you didn't. You just gurgled in your bottle. Yes. Turns out Lex is now some kind of big, super powerful dude who looks like Humpty Dumpty wearing a Tron outfit. <laughs> cool. Lex has transported Superman six and a half thousand light years from Earth, and Superman deduces that Lex is infused with Phantom Zone radiation. Superman sees a doorway to the Phantom Zone, and that somebody is trapped in there. Lex rants about being a god. Did you hear him joke about compassion? All else a god needs compassion! And stop Superman from entering. So, is that why he's all huge and bright and shiny and stuff? I presume so, because we didn't actually read any of the issues that led up to this, did we? No. I just felt the need to buy Action 900. And it wasn't because of the raging controversy that raged, as raging controversies do. Because I had to order this nine, three months in advance, didn't I? So we didn't know anything about it. So we didn't know anything about it. I just just had to buy an anniversary issue of Superman, basically. I just felt the need. He explains how he got his new powers, some double, double talk gumph that we really don't need to go into here, and says he will show him real pain, as he doesn't believe Superman really understands human emotions. He shows them his own death through Lois's eyes, and when Superman says he knows loss, Luther shows him the destruction of Krypton at the end of Last Sun, and then the destruction of New Krypton. Superman shows him what really causes him pain, and shows him the death of Jonathan Kent, Lex, not being a dullard, figures out that Superman is Clark Kent and wants to know why he won't break. Clark Kent, Superman. Clark Kent, Superman. What are you, galactically stupid? Well. <laughs> That's from Lois and Clark. I know. Okay. I, I saw it. Did you watch Lois and Clark? Well, no, you made me watch that one episode. I didn't make you. Well, I think I watched the Tempest ones because I find them funny. Just for the Clark Kent Superman. Well, and Tempest is funny. The guy who played Tempest is a funny guy. Well, I thought he was. What do I know? Superman says that he won't break because of his parents. Because they made him. Do your worst, Luthor. Luther does exactly that, attempting to disintegrate the Man of Steel, yet, despite possessing unlimited power, Superman does not fall. A robot of Lois Lane with O-Face shows up and tells him that the Zone Child has woken up and it's fighting Luther for freedom. Luther is still in charge and needs to destroy Superman. He taps into the infinite power of the Zone, conversing with the Zone Child as he does. He realises that the Zone Child is here to end pain, end negative emotion. The two beings merge and Luther has infinite power. Isn't the Zone Child supposed to be Christopher Kent from Last Sun? I thought it was a big angry monster thing. Well, the cat's just climbed on your shoulders. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, he looks very nice. Well, if, if, you, if you look at it, right? Mm-hmm. 
when he goes on about it, it was after that, right? Before this. Ah, Christ, those are nails in my neck. Right, no, it must be before here, but it shows a little monster thing. And it's like, aha, look, a monster. See, though, is that not the zone, child? I don't know. Possibly. I don't know, to be honest with you. Because it looks like... No, well, that's talking about a flashback. So yeah. that's talking about something else, yeah. And oh. you've wet the cover of my comic. I do apologise. You should. You, you can, can buy me another table. Action 900. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be Christopher Kent, but... Okay, then. For one brief moment across the globe, a wave of bliss runs across the universe. How can it run across the universe if it's across the globe? Anyway. What? For one brief moment, a wave of bliss runs across the universe. Superman pleads with Luther to use this power to solve the underlying problems of the universe. Be the man he always claimed he could be. That's almost Captain Kurt like that, isn't it? Be the man you always claimed you could be. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Uh, Robot Lois tells him that he can keep the power for infinity if he makes the universe a better place. If he uses it for anything negative, the power will dissipate. Luther can rule the galaxy as long as he lets his greatest enemy live blissfully happy. What do you think Luther does? He fights Superman. Of course, Luther can't have that and attempts to kill Superman for old time's sake. The moment he does, his power flees, leaving the universe back as it always was. Superman realises that the harder Luther tries to destroy him, the more power he loses and goads him into further attacks. Fighty McFightenstein ensues. Superman tells Lex that all of his rhetoric about being a better man if only Superman wasn't there to stop him is worthless because he is so consumed by ego and hubris that he will never change because he hasn't the courage. Luther's consumption of the power due to his hatred of Superman is so great, so all-consuming, that he burns himself out. The power flees, leaving alone in his battle suit. Leaving him alone in his battle suit. Of course, he remembers nothing about Superman being Clark Kent, just like the end of Smallville. Just It's like they timed these to come out simultaneously, isn't it? Mm. And to be fair, it's been that long since Superman spent any appreciable amount of time as Clark, the audience don't remember either. And after revealing that he was behind the Doomsday attacks, and that Superman's acolytes are still in danger, he disappears. Superman takes Luther's ship and follows the signals left behind by Steel. He finds his allies, a loose term when one of them is the cyborg Superman, and more importantly a trussed-up doomsday. Cyborg Superman reveals that Luther has somehow managed to create a race of doomsdays. Well, oh no, five anyway. Or was there three? No. There was only three, wasn't there, on the final page of this story? Final, yes, there's yes. three, so there's four in total. You had the ones that had previously fought them. I quite like this one. I quite liked it too. Um, considering I didn't have a clue what was going on, to start off with, uh, Cornell's characterisation of Luther as a megalomaniacal, power-hungry, petulant child is very good and very similar to certain episodes of Star Trek. The scene where Superman is just appalled that upon receiving his powers, the first thing Luther did was go after him, was wonderfully judged, and Luther's reaction are very well written. The ending, where Lex could have all the power he's ever dreamed of if he lets go of his hatred, is masterfully played. I love that Luther basically blames Superman for being a scumbag, which is good characterisation and prime actions from numerous people in the criminal fraternity who blame everybody but themselves for their own actions. Lex believes that when he finally gets into Superman's head that what causes the most pain to the Man of Steel will be some big cosmic odyssey. In fact, it's the death of Jonathan Kent. 
Oh, it's nice to see that playing into the story, actually. Because didn't he die in Brainiac? Yeah. That Jeff Johns wrote. It was just fail. And then, yeah, and then they just ignored it completely for New Krypton. Pretty much. And then he's kind of visited his grave in Blackest Night. Yeah, they didn't bring him back in Blackest Night, did they? No. They're not bringing back John, unless they did in one of the Superman tie-ins that we've not read. That's possible. Maybe. Because we didn't, obviously we didn't read them. Not a big fan of the art. Really? In the main body of the stories. And unlike other artistic changes in the stories we've covered in the Blackest Night episode, the changes here are really quite jarring. Um, we both gave Gary Frank a lot of stick for his Christopher Reeve wannabe art in Secret Origin. But he draws a I much better Superman when channeling Reeve than Pete Woods does. And I hate Superman's S looking like a red metal shield that covers his entire chest, which you can see quite clearly. Yeah, Page three, last panel. I don't like that at all. At the end, you would know this better than I do. Is that a red lantern ring? No. It doesn't have any page numbers, something that we whine about every time. That. So what is it at the bottom it, of it? It's the thing the that's been on Lex Luthor's head for the past issue. Six, seven pages from the end. So I wonder what that is then. Well, it looks like it's um, set up for a future story. Maybe. I'm suspecting. Um, Cyborg Superman. Badass. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Cyborg Superman. Um, it's tantamount to Paul Connell's writing that I enjoyed this as much as I did. Uh, I hadn't read any of Black Ring or Reign of Doomsday, and I still understood, well, most of it. Half of it. I don't know if I understood all of it. Um, more importantly, I liked it. Connell has a good handle on Luther, and although I'm not a fan of the current incarnation of Luther, some writers seem determined to make Luther a hero, or at the very least a likeable rogue. Cornell does have Luther's hubris be his downfall. I can't tell you how annoyed I was that it was to be continued. Six bloody dollars of US money, which will have been about four and a half quid of our British. Queen's English sterling. Um, and we don't get, and it's not only is it a story continued from two other stories, but it's to be continued. Well, kind of filth is this, DC? God, anyone would think DC were a company that would milk a storyline through multiple tie-ins just to bilk its audience for money, wouldn't they? Wait, what? Fortunately, Wait we know better than that, don't yes. we? We know that, that DC doesn't do that at all. No. Oh, no. Flashpoint no. number one. How many tie-ins have they published? Well, I'm going to go... 406? They're not all essential to the story. They're not all essential to anything. Leave Jeff Jones alone. I don't want to leave Jeff... I'm sure Flashpoint's perfectly acceptable, but the rest of it, I think not. Um, what did you think of it, Michael? Well, I didn't read either stories. Because we don't so, have them. Yeah, so I didn't know much going on. But what's going on with Doomsday now? But Didn't he, like, die in New Krypton? I don't know, because I've not read New Krypton. He got beat up, like... <laughs> and they were like, oh, He killed Superman! And then all the Kryptonians like, Haha, but we are many Supermen! And they right. killed Doomsday. Okay. I don't recall, because I don't think I've read it. Oh, okay. What happened? Oh, that's set your word. Well, and also, page one and two page has one. camera flows. Page one and two has lens flows. This being a comic book on paper, which was drawn, has camera flows. Oh, J.J. Abrams. So much to answer for. Um, it's also good to see that the cast of The Reign of Superman are back in, in a story involving Doomsday. It's not as good, though, is it? No. Really? I mean, maybe it would be if we'd read it all. Maybe. Um, or maybe it was just more exciting then, because we were reading them all. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I'm still confused about how Lex went all 
Tron? Um, following Blackest Night, my understanding is, because he had the power of an orange lantern, he wanted that power back. He craved it, and I don't know what he's done. Fair enough. I mean, it must be the Black Ring of some description, because the story's called The Black Ring. Well, didn't all the Black Rings, like, die at the end of Blackest Night? I, uh, maybe Lex got hold of one from somewhere else. He's quite a resourceful well, maybe fellow. maybe he didn't, since that doesn't look like the Blackest Night thing. No, it doesn't. I don't know, maybe if we read the whole story, that'd be a bit clearer. Yeah. And, um, I'm not sure... Confuzzled! <laughs> yeah, I like that word. Good. So I'm not sure about who Superman goes after in the Phantom Zone. Is it Monel or is it Chris Kent? I presumed it was Christopher Kent. Right. That was my thinking. Well, I thought Monel. Because mm. is he still in the Phantom Zone or is he like I dead? Don't, I don't know who Monel is anymore. Fair enough. Um, it's good to see Dan Jurgens doing the flashback to the death of Superman. But wait a minute, Dan Jurgens on a Superman comic? Uh, he doesn't do them all, you know. The art's a bit off on that page, actually. I don't think it's Jurgens. I think it may be the Inca. Yeah. But Lois Lane looks more like Murray Jane. <laughs> she does. Maybe it's the her colour. Uh, Jamal Eagle has a spot in Action Comics, which is very cool. He does great work over in Satana, and also has his own DeviantArt account, along with Francis Manifold. Does he? Yes. Has he looked at your art? No, probably not. Oh, OK. Um, and... Um, also here, does Gary Frank's page start on Jamal Eagle's spot? Yes. The last panel of Jamal Eagle's page is a Gary Frank piece of art. Right. And then it's all Gary Frank for the next two, two and three quarter pages, and the art changes again after the last panel. Oh. So the artist changes mid-page, which probably was a nightmare to coordinate, to be honest with you. Probably. I think those are the two nicest pages in the book. Really? I know I've, I've, I've said this before that I've dissed on Franks just using photo reference of Christopher Reeve but at least his Superman looks like Superman Yeah. whereas the S looks fine and the costume looks fine and I don't know there are bits there are other artistic interpretations in the rest of this story where he doesn't look like Superman to me I mean the primary one being the penultimate page of the first issue the final panel where Superman's looking shocked and surprised at the appearance of 48 Doomsday, it, it just looks a bit constipated. <laughs> That's a shocking panel. I don't know who drew that, but it's a bit pants, to be honest with you. Also, Gary Frank does do good Lex Luthor. Yeah. Very Kurt Swan he, Lex Luthor. improved quite a bit, but his teeth in his mouth are still... No, I see, I have no complaints about those two issues. I think they're really good, those two. I mean, other than the fact that Superman's just stood around doing nothing. Which seems yeah. to be a common complaint in Superman books at the minute. And what's going on with the Lois Mastermind bot thing? Right, well, Lex has a Lois Lane robot Does sex it? toy. <laughs> yes, in a Superman comic, Lex has a sex toy. Does it? <laughs> it's all kinds of wrong. Um, I'm liking the death appearance. She's been in a couple of she, Paul Cornell's issues of Action Comics. She, I thought it was only like the one. No, she's shown up. But Neil Gaiman gets credited. Which I like. In Death created one. by Neil Gaiman and Mike Dringenberg, yeah, on the credits page. Fair enough. Big fan of that. Okay. Always irks me. Just ask your mum how much of a rant I go on about comic book stuff where they don't credit the creators. Well, wasn't this, like, the only Death appearance that wasn't given permission off by Neil Gaiman? He probably gave permission for this. Yeah, I know he got it off this, but wasn't it the only one that they did get permission for? I don't think they don't have to ask him for permission. I, I don't think Death's owned by Neil Gaiman. No. Oh, okay. He created it, but it'll be owned by DC. It's work for hire. Fair enough. Because I don't think Sandman's creator owned. 
I don't know, I could be wrong on yeah, that. Because Preacher is. Yeah. But I think Sandman was before creator-owned Vertigo DC Comics. Right. So, somebody will let us know if I'm, I'm wrong about that. Probably. Um, I also, whilst reading this, I noticed... Wait, another cameo appearance off. Is that who I think it is? Is that Laughleys? Where's Laughleys? Laughleys. Yes, Laughleys shows up. On the two pages where everyone's happy for once, Laughleys shows Looks up. like he's wearing a t-shirt. Yes. He's not an orange lantern, he's just wearing a t-shirt. He's just a wannabe. And, um, would Brainiac feel the happiness since he's a robot? Is he a robot now in this? Because originally he was from Kulu, and then they changed it so he was from Krypton. Is that only in the animated series? I think that maybe this Kulu, yeah. yeah. And but then I don't know anymore because I have read Superman Brainiac by Jeff Johns. Yeah. But I read it in the British reprints, so I don't remember a lot about it. I need to pick up the trade paperback of that and read it again. Right. See if it's any good. Although everyone said Superman and the Legion of Superheroes by Johns and Frank was really good. Uh, I thought it was a bit dull. Oh, that was cack. Yeah. Um, I like how that even in space Superman has to breathe. Yes. He, he can't hold his breath for uh, forever. He well, can't no, like, not breathe. It's that. nice to see they've kept that from the post-crisis continuity. That yeah. If he was going for extended periods of time out into space, he needed breathing apparatus. Hmm. And in the Superman cartoons, in the animated series, in the 90s, in the Justice League cartoon, he needed a spacesuit when he went into space yeah. and when he went underwater for any length of time. So yes, he can hold his breath for a fair bit. In the mm. comics after Crisis, I think it was established that on a good lungful of breath he could fly to the moon and back. Okay. As long as he didn't, you know, dilly-dally while he was up there. Mm. But if he was going so, any further than that, right. he needed breathing apparatus. So as long as Straczynski wasn't writing him, he'd be fine? Yes. Right. But po- pre-Crisis, he could fly to other galaxies yeah. and didn't seem to need to breathe. So, Straczynski's just took it back to what it was originally, because, God forbid, Mm -hmm. anyone should have a better idea. Um, I also liked how Superman flies into the floor of the space station thing. See, if you read it, he's going flying at it, and he's like, he crashes crashes. into the floor. (laughs) That's quite funny. Is that it for the first story in this illustrious book? Yes. Good. Excellent. We're going to play a couple of tunes that are vaguely Superman-related. Vaguely? Uh, yeah, well, all vaguely. Well, they mentioned Superman. Okay. Okay. Because uh, you mentioned Bush earlier on, and because I want the, the populace that listen to this to think we actually planned this drivel. Yeah. This is Bush and Superman. <laughs> Please. 
yourself some do you like that band i like me some bush uh, um the second story in the issue is life support it is written by damien lindelof with art by ryan souk uh damien lindelof is one of the creators of lost the tv show is it? the tv show that i wasted six years of my life watching okay. before it got to a finale that let's be honest i guessed back in series one what that they were all in hell. Were they? Yes. Oh. Or purgatory, or heaven, or... They were dead! And I said that in series one. But I still stuck with that drivel for six years of my life. Damien Lindelof owes me six years of my so life. So they were all dead? Yes. So, what? Are we going to have to put... There are spoilers for Lost at the beginning of this, or does nobody care I'll about Lost anymore? The, oh, the, it's the, not worth what? even thinking about. Okay. That TV show was the biggest crock of crap. Okay. Duh. And Veronica Mars gets cancelled after three years. That drivel runs for six. Just no justice in the world. The second story begins. In the last days of the planet Krypton, Jarell hires a brilliant young scientist to help build a rocket ship for him that will be large enough to carry his infant son off planet. Okay. That's it. Is it? Yeah. That's the story. Um, and it's bloody awful. Um, oh, I thought it was awful. It robs Krypton of all its grandeur. Krypton has a bloody park bench. I can't like that. Um, Jor-El is robbed of all of his intelligence. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the Silver Age, to be frank. I like Silver Age Superman a lot more than I like Silver Age Batman. Because Silver Age Superman is at least fun science fiction goofiness. Yeah. Whereas Batman is silly science fiction goofiness. I know Grant Morrison's a big fan of... Oh, I've just mentioned bloody Grant Morrison again. There's a big fan of the 50s Batman stuff. And there is a, a podcast blog on the internet. I can't remember who's buying 
that's devoted to Batman in the 50s but it's just not an era I can even the one where he's in pink costume yeah <laughs> it's just not an era I can ever sink my teeth into I love that I just, maybe I was just born too late for that maybe I grew up with Adams and O'Neill's Batman and then all the other stuff seems a bit silly but it's just me um I much prefer, though, the Silver Age Krypton that has tall gleaming spires and exotic plant life and mind-boggling alien vistas, heretofore unseen landscapes, fantastic vehicles and hyper-intelligent people, rather than opening with a shot that looks like it's taken from the poster to Forrest Gump and Kryptonians that dress like lawyers. Oh, God, it was awful. Um, this looks like you could film it in any big sprawling metropolis like Dubai. And... It's Krypton. It's you know, don't don't artists or writers have any imagination anymore? It's just drivel. What do you think? Well, I don't mind Krypton having a park bench. I mean, you can't fly on Krypton, right? Well, they used to be able to in the Silver Silver Age, or was it the Golden Age? Golden, I don't know. But they can't One fly now. No, right. So if they can't fly. They're gonna have to walk, right? Mm. And they're gonna get tired, right? Yeah. So they're gonna need a park bench. Yeah, but why would it look so Earth-like? It's just it's bland and uninteresting it's it's like later Star Treks and older Star Treks the old ones may not have had much money but they had bundles of imagination and it's like Doctor Who Doctor Who traditionally had no budget whatsoever Mm. but they had oodles of imagination and they tried their best with what they had and it just seems like there's just no imagination to this look at that that first panel of this story where Forrest Gump sat on the bench Mm. he could just be sat in China though well, I, I, I like the... Yeah, the, the art's fine. But it's not Krypton. It's not China. It's not Krypton. It's not China. It could be in Manchester, though, or New York, or New Dubai, York, or any other big sprawling metropolis that has gleaming spires and lots of light. But it's not an alien planet. It ain't Krypton. It's, you know, I just think it's a dearth of imagination. It's Argon. It could be Argon, yeah. Um, in addition, the story establishes that Jor-El wasn't bright enough to do all this stuff himself. Which, you know, I don't mind there being reworkings of the story, but um, a bit of revisionism's fine. But why would this guy help Jor-El? Wouldn't he just bugger off and build a ship for his own daughter? Yeah, actually, I, I thought that. Um, you know, I mean, the art looks photo-referenced, even if it isn't. I mean, it's fine artwork in and of itself, but it's bloody boring Superman comic art. Mm. I mean, that first page sucks moose. It's three panels of a guy sat on a bloody bench in a Superman comic. I want to see planets being smashed. I want to see Superman throw crap into the sun. I want to see knockdown drag-out fights with Brainiac. That guy sat on a bloody bench... God. And you thought Bendis could milk out you stories. Know, this, I thought this story was so dull, I can't even be asked going through it page by page. What do you think? I quite like how Krypton looks, even though you don't. No, hate it. But I'm not sure I'm cool with uh, Krypton having little bungalows. What does it have bungalows? If you look here, the, the dude goes home to his little bungalow. Yeah, he does. I never noticed. Yeah, he has a little bungalow. I'd probably just lost the will to live at this point. Probably. When I was reading this, to be honest with you. And um, I do think the blonde dude is quite stupid. It's like, alright, I'll build this rocket for you and your son to go away and survive but I'll let my daughter yeah that die. makes no sense yeah. does it I always preferred the version of the story were um, I can't remember if it was actually written or it was something they were going to do were the ship 
How did I make this up? Jarrell builds the ship big enough for two people, but his wife Lara goes into labour early, and thus he sends Lara and Kalel in the ship, and Lara dies either in transit or when the ship crash lands on Earth, leaving Kalel alive. I like that idea. Okay. Because it shows that Jarrell's thinking, I'll save me and my wife, and then maybe my pregnant wife, and then maybe the Kryptonian race can survive. But right. then when she gives birth early, he's only got room for Kal-El and the missus. And I don't know if I came up with that or if I stole it from somebody. I'm not sure. I can't remember if that's ever actually been a comic. But it seems like such an obvious, and if I say so myself, good idea hmm. that I can't possibly have come up with that. I, I, I've not heard of it anywhere else. Oh, maybe I did. Maybe. If there's anyone out there who knows Superman better than me, which wouldn't be that hard, I know quite a lot about Superman, but there are more people out there who are experts, mm. who know that scenario that I've just said, and can tell me where I've stolen it from. And if I haven't stolen it, and I've made that up myself, I want that copyrighted. Yeah. Yes. I don't want no scumbag like J.J. Abrams coming along writing a Superman movie in 20 years that supposedly pisses all over the original, mm. because he can do a much better job on using that idea. Pen it and I'll draw it. Okay. Okay. Yes. And uh, does it actually say in this that Jarrell needs someone to build the rocket? Because I read it as in he'd already made the rocket, but he just wanted help in making putting the food in that little ball. Well, he says the ship that will contain it is small, implying that he's not built it yet. Yeah, for real. So, I don't, I don't know. I suppose that, that could be quite ambiguous. Maybe Jarrell was smart enough to build the rocket. But I don't know. I just thought this story was cap of the highest order. To be honest with you, this is another Superman song by Fightster. Okay. You'll like this one. Will I? Yeah, it's, it's grungy, metally, guitar y stuff. I'm not fond of Fightster. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm putting it in anyway. Okay. Who says we have to like the music we play on the show? It would help. I asked you a question. I didn't need you to. Reply Is it getting heavy And do they Realize Cause it's getting heavy Well I Thought it was Already As heavy As can be
Trek through Superman's 70th birthday. What birthday was this? 900th. Yes, but how old is Superman? Is he 80 now? No, he was 1938, wasn't he? So he's 74. Okay. You think they'll do anything for his 75th? Maybe. Possibly. Uh, the next story is autobiography. It's written by Paul Dini, so hey. I was quite looking forward to this one. Penciled by R.B. Silver. I presume that's R.B. Silver and not. R- I thought it was... Rup Silver. <laughs> but there's no, like, full stops or anything. No. Implying that he's Rup Silver. <laughs> I don't know, he could be. Um, inked by Rob Lean. A giant blue transparent hippopotamus wearing a skirt and luminescent bracelets and anklets tells Superman that, for a time, he was a heroic figure on a planet that Superman is looking at a holographic image of. The planet has numerous moons and asteroid belt visible from the ground and exotic alien life in abundance. In short, everything that Krypton wasn't in the last story. The hippo alien, named Sava, tells that the people of the world, the Ayalayons, provide him with comfort in exchange for him bringing rain to deserts, quelling earthquakes, or Iowa quakes, Etc. Doesn't actually say that you need. Does call them earthquakes? Why would yeah. it be called earthquakes on a planet that isn't Earth? Well, they named Earth after the Earth. Oh, okay. Uh, until there came a time when a disaster befell the planet that even he could not prevent—a massive solar eruption. Sava could have moved the planet's populace to another world, but would that have been a kindness? Instead, Sava made sure the entire world slept on its final night, the inhabitants never knowing of their demise. He moved on from place to place, the rest of his race long since dead, and he was found by Superman. Superman took Sava to live out the rest of his life in comfort in the Fortress of Solitude, where Sava's knowledge has been catalogued and stored. Sava ponders if this is Superman's future, to live on long after his adoptive world is gone, and he hopes that there is a refuge for him out there, somewhere as there has been for him in here. He asks Superman, Was I wrong, not saving Ayawa? We're only human, Sava, replies the Man of Steel. (laughs) Did you just do a Spock raise of the eyebrow there? I did. Okay. Uh, This was much better. This is what alien planets should look like. They're exotic and weird and alien. And, you know, it's brilliant. There's loads of details put into the panels. The colouring's not muddy. Uh, and it's a lovely little touching story about a creature with parallels to Superman that may point a way to his probable end. Lovely stuff. Mm. And Crypto! Yes. Crypto, the super dog's in it, around the last couple of panels. Always nice to see Crypto. It is. I like Crypto. Of all the super animals, he's by far my favourite. 
Really? Yes. Okay. I'm a big fan of Crypto the Superdog. Uh, the aliens on page one look like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. You especially the one on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> Experiment 626. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're big fans of Lilo and Stitch. We are. I do like Lilo and Stitch. Um, I do like the art in this. And yeah, it's brilliant. The colour as well. Superman's face is a bit off if I'm going to be critical. But I enjoyed the story and the art so much that I wasn't bothered. Fair enough. And what is it with blue animals uh, lately? We've got a blue elephant in Green Lantern and now we've got a blue hippo. I quite like the blue hippo. I think he's quite fun. I like that he wears a skirt. Because <laughs> he's like the opposite of funny animals. Like, Winnie the Pooh wears a top, but don't wear any pants. Yeah. And Donald Duck wears a top, but don't wear any pants. At least this bloke's wearing some <laughs> pants. We're not seeing rhino nads. It's appreciated. Yes, it's much appreciated. Um, and also, I do like the crypto in it. Yay, crypto. Now, where's the monkey? I don't think Beppo the super monkey exists anymore. What? Or Streaky the Super Cat. What? Or Comet the no, Super I think Horse. Streaky, Streaky does. Does Does Supergirl have Streaky? Yeah. And Superman has Crypto? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And it, it may just be me. It is. I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay then. But um, I'm kind of put off by that last line where he says, We're only human. See, not only is Superman not a human, but he's also talking to an alien hippo. That's the point. It's a funny little gag. He's only saying, we all make mistakes, sort of, but he's saying it, ah, we're only human. You know, it's a gag, it's a joke, it's funny. Right. Ha ha ha. Well, Paul Dini's not the only one who thought that was funny, as we will see later. Um, I loved that one. I really did think that was really nice. I do love Sava. Uh, I can't decide whether to compliment the artist or the colourist for the way Sava seems to be luminescent yeah. throughout the entire story. But I loved it. I thought it was great. It was one of the best stories in the book, okay. in my humble opinion. Anyway, here's another tune. This is R.E.M. and Superman. And it actually begins with a Chinese clip of somebody saying, Ah, Godzilla's attacking Tokyo! Okay. That's true. That's what that little bit is at the beginning. Okay. True that. Okay. Okay.
politics does he still stand for truth justice all that stuff lifestyle superman returns the next story is friday night in the 21st century um, it's written by Jeff, never wrote a Superman story that he couldn't shoehorn the Legion in Johns, and art by Gary Frank. Which Friday is it? Does it matter, really? Mm. It's, it's Friday. just Friday night. Friday. Oh. Lois is rummaging around her desk, which is a mess. There's joke false teeth, one trainer, a bra, a okay. cricket bat, and a Superman doll. Lois is so disorganised, her wedding picture is tacked to the wall instead of being in a frame. Clark watches as she plucks out a Legion flight ring. I said pluck. She tells him that she wants to invite his friends over for dinner. And so she does. Of course, Clark's friends are the Legion of Superheroes, and a good night is had by all. What do you think of that one, Michael? Well, I'm not fond of the story, but hey... Look, it's Lois's ass. Yes, yes, she's wearing a tight skirt and she's bent over. Did that please you, 15-year-old boy? Yes, it must have. Yeah, she's wearing quite a short skirt as well. If I was Clark, I'd be putting my foot down on that. Letting <laughs> your missus go out wearing that. I wouldn't. I don't know, maybe that's how she gets good stories. The men are looking at her legs and checking out her cleavage. It's possible. Sorry, well, I was distracted by those legs and that cleavage. Uh, yes, it works, obviously. <laughs> um, I, I like that. Lois Lane is an Apple Mac. All the cool people have Apple Macs. Hmm. That's why we don't. <laughs> it's not yeah. for a lack of trying on your mum's part. No, Let's put it that way. Um, also, why does she have a bra, really? I mean, it's like me carrying around my underpants in my school bag. Why would you do that? Exactly. I don't why know why she has a bra. I don't at know work. why she has a bra at work. Maybe in case she has to go undercover and it's a push-up one. Fair in case she's interviewing somebody who just ogles her. Fair enough. I don't know about that. Also, in that panel, though. The second when panel. She's under the, the desk. Inset. Yeah. Yes. She banged her head or something. Um. She, well, she doesn't say ow. No, but she has a funny face. She, well, she's kind of squinting up at him, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. Anyway, um, I really like this. I'm not, not the, the biggest Legion, fan of the Legion of Superheroes. Well, the Legion are hardly in it. Mm. I'm not the biggest fan of the Legion of Superheroes. A nostalgia act from the 50s that somehow managed to survive into the noughties. But this is quite a nice little tale. The fact that the Legion don't say a word helps. Yeah. That's to be said. <laughs> um, the art, great. Um, again, Frank's slavish devotion to Christopher Reeve is a bit old by now. We keep banging on about that, don't we? I like it. Uh, but this is the way he's drawing Superman, so I'll shut up moaning about it. Um, to be fair, his Clark Kent looked pretty cool. Mm. And doesn't look a lot like Christopher Reeve in this. I mean, he's doing the whole mannerisms of pushing the specks up on his face and all of that gubbins. But um, I, I, I do like his Clark Kent in this. Yeah. Um, is Clark being nebbish Clark, though? You can't really tell, can you, in this story? Not really. I'm not a big fan of nebbish Clark. Um, Lois looks pretty damn good. Doesn't she just? Uh, lines on a page, boy. <laughs> lines on a page. That's all I need. Well, yeah, you are 15. Linoleum makes you think about sex. Hey, um, uh, the final double-page spread of this four-page tale. What is Lois doing? Rah! <laughs> Is she playing some kind of game, guess which Superman villain I am? Or is she playing um, dinosaur hands? T-Rex hands. <laughs> and that woman there who's looking for the pizza looked really annoyed. Maybe she's like, she just stole my T-Rex joke. Yes. <laughs> Possibly, yes. 
Um, I, I, I quite liked it. I didn't, it's it's an innocuous little story. It's harmless enough. It's nice to see Clark and Lois having some fun that doesn't involve him catching or falling out of a helicopter. What if they do do that for fun? Yeah. What should we do tonight, Lois? I don't know. Clark, maybe you should throw me out of a helicopter. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what looks like that? Yeah. Oh. You in time. oh, no, I don't have to go through a messy divorce. Lois, what do you want to watch with two? Hey, I'll put the Hulk on. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman rocketed to Earth as an infant when the distant planet Krypton exploded. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild planet reporter for the Daily Planet, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and freedom with superpowers far beyond those of ordinary mortals. It's Superman, 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 Superman! But, um, why are you here? To help. To help. I need a little bit more of a quote than that. Something like, I have not yet begun to fight or damn the torpedoes. Something like that. I, I mean, if you said, I am here to fight for truth or justice. Well, truth and justice, that sounds good. You can use that. What is it? Someone's in trouble. This is a job for Superman, right? I'll be seeing you. Only Human is the next story up. It's by Richard Donner and Derek Hoffman and illustrated by Matt Camp. Presented as a series of storyboards, as befits Donner's status as a Hollywood director and, of course, director of the 1978 Superman the movie, are DC getting a bit slavish in their devotion to Superman the movie now, do you think? It's not the only Superman thing Richard Donner's done comic-wise. No, he did Last Son, or he was something to do with Last Son. I don't know exactly what, just stuck his name on it. Did he do anything else? Sure. That bizarre one? Uh, did he do that? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the story centres around Cliff Carter, a former pro athlete who is now spokesman for Supertech, a company that Lois Lane believes may be a front for Intergang using stolen Star Labs technology. Lois is interviewing him in the Daily Planet newsroom where he informs her of the EX-9000, an exoskeleton that uses the electricity of the surrounding area to give the were powers like Superman. Carter is charming and eloquent, and the only person not falling for his spiel is Clark Kent, who pouts out that the suit may have inherent dangers to its users. Cliff brushes him off, saying that normal people look at metahumans and think, why not me? He then demonstrates the power of the suit, running fast, lifting up a desk with two people on it, but he saved the best for last, wearing the XO9000 Cliff Carter flies. Clark, again, is unimpressed and vaguely annoyed and points out that whenever something like this has happened before, it's always ended badly. Cliff shoots Clark down, saying that from now on real people can wield the power. 
Clark doesn't feel Superman is so easily replaced, and Cliff challenges Superman to a contest of power. Lois doesn't think it will happen, but Clark makes sure that it does. When Cliff leaves, Superman is waiting for him. The guy's smug self-assurance is trying even a Superman's patience, and he accepts the challenge. They race each other over Metropolis, and to keep up, Cliff must keep pushing the limits of the suit past the red line. In doing so, Cliff starts leeching power off the elevated railway, almost causing an accident that Superman prevents, and from nearby buildings. When he starts draining the power of Stryker's Island Penitentiary, Superman is forced to drag Cliff away ASAP so as not to shut the power down in the prison. Superman drags him to the hydroelectric dam near Metropolis, and the suit overloads due to the intense amount of power it's draining from the plant. Superman deposits Cliff's body back on the Daily Planet building and leaves. Lois finds the body as Clark shows up, and she chides him for being jealous. I'm only human, Clark replies. What did you think of that one, Michael? Well, I'm not fond of these rough storyboard things. The rough you know, storyboard layout. Like, well, mm, yeah. They kind of suited this particular story, but do you think it would have been served better had it been adapted into a proper comic format? Yeah, maybe. It would probably have been a lot longer, though. Yeah. Wouldn't it? But I'm not as fond. I'm not fond of the art as well, to be honest. Do you know? Well, it is only supposed to be sketchy storyboard art. It's not supposed to be. I mean, it's an odd choice. It's an unusual choice. It's not a a bad one, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, When they say swell, yes, was that a reference to the Superman film? Of course, it was. Fair enough. You know. Oh, and saying that about before, I'm not fond of the screenplay typewriting in the comic as well. Why not? I don't know. It's just in a comic, it's a bit off. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And that's just me, though. Yes. Um, That's just swell. Is it? A lot of people aren't really comfortable with that word anymore, Clark. What word? Swell. Always came kind of natural to me, Lois. Okay. That's for Superman. I know. Okay. I kind of say swell quite a bit. Swell. Yeah, but I do a lot with your mum. What? Golly. (laughs) 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 Sorry, but I do. Anyway, carry on. It also mentions Will Smith playing Superman. I mean, really, would would that ever happen? Yes, yes. Unfortunately, in Hollywood, that would happen. Would it? Yes. I'm pretty convinced that somebody somewhere will have gone, why can't Will Smith be Superman? Because he's black. That doesn't matter. But it's Superman. So he made Hancock instead. Right. I'm not saying being black... No, we we know (laughs) that you're not saying being black don't mean you can be Superman. He could have been Steel, I suppose. Black Lightning. Oh, Black Lightning, (laughs) Go on. Um, also, when they talk about the football game, did that happen in any of the comics or the films, or are these making it up for you? What football game? Um, when he meets up with... Oh, no, when he references face. Superman playing football on his own against yeah. the umpty ump people. Yeah. You know, there was an episode of Lois and Clark where Superman played basketball. Fair enough. With a couple of NBA basketball players. Isn't that one of the grounded issues where he just shows up and plays basketball? Yeah, just, that, that's just he plays basketball with a couple of dudes. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough, that. Um, also on tugging on Superman's cape. Oh, tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger and you don't mess around with Jim. You don't know that song? No. I also have the impression that Superman would win a lap around Metropolis before the other dude even set off. Yes. 
that's a very valid and point. Is this also the guy you did fly around the world so fast he made time turn back? Remember? Well, there is an argument that he actually went back in time rather than turn time back. That's just a fan explanation for it. It's quite a dopey ending to an otherwise brilliant film. Fair enough. I'm, I'm down with both ways. Yeah. Um, and also sometimes the storyboards don't even match the script do they not? sometimes a bit off no the a hmm. point of view of a little boy oh well uh, yeah, the, you're the little boy looking up yeah, okay right. well to go to your point about yes Superman probably could have pasted him mm. probably Superman could have been around the world and back before that guy even took off I interpreted it as Superman was deliberately going racing with him going easy on him to see what the suit did Right. And if the suit had worked quite happily, then Superman would have had to back down and say, yeah, okay, whatever. But because it malfunctioned, as, as he expected that it would, mm. he was there to be able to prevent stuff from happening. Right. If this guy had just started using his suit like that and Superman hadn't been around, mm. Riker's Island penetrate Striker's Island, sorry, penitentiary would have had lots of criminals released and the elevated train would have died and people could have died. So I thought Superman did that deliberately. To be right. honest with you, I I love that he's teasing him. So he was toying with him. Yes, he's just he's just staying slightly ahead of him at all times, just to say, yeah, suit my ass. Mm. That that was my interpretation of it, anyway. Um, I love that he tugs on Superman's cape. To be honest with you, because I just wanted Superman to turn around and burn his hand off, yeah. <laughs> bit of heat vision, and cut his hand off at the wrist. You don't tug on Superman's cape. That'd have been funny. Mm. A bit out of character, but funny. Well, uh, I thought. Lois's argument with Clark that artificially wielded power ends well is spurious. Of the examples she cites, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman and Green Lantern, only Green Lantern wields artificial power. Yeah. Doesn't he? Superman and Wonder Woman have developed and grown up with their powers. And in fact, it's just as much a part of them as me and you being able to breathe. And Batman doesn't have any. No. So... She's onto a sticky wicket, though, and I'm surprised Clark didn't pull her up on that, to be honest with you. I think this could possibly tie as the best story in the book. Whilst I would have preferred to have it rendered as a standard comic book, the storyboard layout gives a different feeling. It's nice to have a good, simple Superman story that gives Clark and Lois equal time and doesn't feel the need to make some kind of comment on Superman's place in the world or some kind of ill-advised political commentary. It's a nice little Superman story. Yeah. Everyone has uh, a bit to play. I mean, obviously Jimmy and Perry aren't in it, but they don't have to be in everything. I thought Jimmy was in it. Uh, I think he's maybe in it briefly. He has like a line. Yeah, one line of dialogue. It's a bit strange that two of the stories in this anniversary issue have the same punchline. Yeah, they do. Is that an editor asleep at the wheel? Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? Who edited this? Is this Matt Idelson? Because doesn't he do Ask Matt on the Superman homepage? Doesn't he have a forum where you can ask him a question? Matt Idelson, editor. We should write to him for the next Ask Matt and say, how come you let two stories have the same punchline in Action Comics 900? Is that not a bit sloppy in terms of editor, really? Maybe it was purposeful. Well, it's purposeful to go, haven't we just had that punchline six pages ago? Uh, I just I just think that's a bit naff, to be honest with you. And that's it for another Hey Kids Comics. What? We hope... What? 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 That's, that's not it. What's not it? Well, we covered everything. This. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. I do apologise. Right. At the back, there is a nice little two-page poster by Brian Stelfreeze, "The Evolution of the Man of Tomorrow," where it's drawn to look like various different artists who've drawn Superman through the years, including Joe Shuster, Kurt Swan, John Byrne. Is that supposed to be Dan Jurgens? Do you think? I think so. 
That's um, Ed McGuinness. Ed McGuinness and Gary Frank. Right, well, that's all well and nice and all. Yeah, yeah, that's, so, so you're right. Yeah, so we can finish now, can't we? No, we can no, knock it no. on the head now. No, there's another story in this. Really? Well, yeah. I hadn't, I, I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything about that. It's, it's, it's quite big actually. It's, it's so it's a long story. Well, no, I mean a lot of people have been talking about it. Oh, it's well, been causing well, quite a fuss okay. as well. well let me, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Let me, let me have a look. Let me leaf through the, the comic book here. Oh, oh, so there is. So there is. There's, a, there's a, another story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll play another tune while I read this this other story. It's, sure, it must be an insignificant little nothing of a story. I mean, it's only seven pages long. What can happen in this? I'll have a quick read of this. Okay. okay. The Adventures of Superman. <laughs> Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way? Anyway, the last story in the book... Well, it's not the last story in the book, is it? It's the last story we've looked at. Uh, So I don't know how I missed that. Um, It's called The Incident. It's written by David S. Goya, with art by Miguel Sepulveor. Which is a great name. Sepulvio. I'm loving that name. It's really quite cool. Uh, Superman arrives for a meeting with Gabriel Wright. Or Gabrielle Wright. No, Gabrielle would be a girl, wouldn't it? Gabriel Wright, the US President's National Security Advisor, concerning a recent incident. Turns out the Man of Steel was recently in Tehran, the capital of Iran, where he helped out peaceful protesters against the government by just showing up. He did not interfere. He did not raise a hand, he just stood there, in between the military and the protesters for 24 hours. Then he left. Sounds fun. And did it do any good? Asks Wright. Were there any democratic reforms instituted as a result? No, replies Superman. Apparently all it's done is created an international incident. So Superman announces that, as of tomorrow, he's renouncing his US citizenship. (gasps) The world is too small, Superman notes. Too connected. I can't help but see the bigger picture. As he flies away, he notes that what he did may have made no difference in the grand scale, but on a small scale, he saw a soldier give a protester a rose. On a small scale, he made a difference. Do you want to go first on this one, or do you want me to go first on this one? I'm not sure you can go first. Do you want me to go first on this one? Okay. Well, positive, negative, positive, as we are taught in teacher training. Um, I really do like the art in this story. I will go out and say that. The artistic representations of Superman's X-ray vision and his infrared vision on page three is fantastic. Um, But since when did the military have kryptonite bullets? I thought there was only one chunk of kryptonite now and I thought Batman had it. Or has that changed now? Krypton exploded, so did they not get more kryptonite? I don't well would new Krypton have been made of Krypton? See, we haven't read new Krypton, so we may be talking all of our but talks. It, it would have. Was, was it made of Krypton? Well, no, because he was near Krypton in the first story, new Krypton, wasn't he? Yeah. And he didn't seem to be having any troubles then. And why would new Krypton be made of Kryptonite? Because it is Krypton. Isn't 
Is it? It's con- it was a result on. of the end of the Brainiac story. Yeah. Do you remember the end of that so story? He makes big the bottle city of Candor. So it would be a chunk of real Krypton then, wouldn't it? So how come they could land on it without losing the powers? Or do we need to read New Krypton to understand this? Land on what? The on New Krypton. Without Wouldn't New Krypton be like Krypton in Superman Returns that Lex Luthor manufactured? The minute he lands on it, he starts losing all his superpowers. No. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll take your word for that. Um, uh, can I go on record as saying I hate Kryptonite bullets? What part of faster than a speeding bullet does Guy not understand? Well, yeah, suppose. It's a bit dumb. He knows it's there. The whole point of this is he knows it's spotted it with his X-ray vision. So you really think Superman's going to be dumb enough to stand there and let it bounce off his chest if he knows it's kryptonite? No, he'll stop it from coming out of the gun. Bit of X-ray, X-ray vision, bit of heat vision. Zoop, zoop. Seal up the base of the gun. The guy fires, boom, gun explodes in his face. Well done, Superman. You just sent a guy into the A and Yeah, and it's just like if they've got loads of kryptonite bullets, then Gatling guns. It's yeah, and it's it's no, it's dumb. Yeah. Kryptonite bullets are stupid because there are any number of ways that Superman could avoid them quite Whoops. easily. Did you like, purposely miss me then? Yeah, it's stupid, stupid, stupid. Um, the story commits one of my biggest superhero pet peeves, which we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. It involves Superman in a real-life political conflict. Um, superhero comic books should not get involved in real-life incidents. If they want to do allegory... I have no problem with it. If they want to create analogues like Quirak used to be. Quirak. Quirak. In the Superman comics in the late 80s, early 90s, Quirak was a stand-in for the obvious. Yeah. And Superman did something over there that did cause an international incident. I have no problem with that, because Quirak's not real. So you can explore Superman interfering in a Middle Eastern country, if that's what you want to do, within the confines of using an allegorical or created fictional counterpart for the real one okay. and I have no problem with that because he's not involving himself in real world um, the minute that they do it like this it just pisses me off um, that issue of Thor, the JMS Thor in which Thor visited New Orleans that you just gave me to read in the course of the story it was pointed out all the ways Thor could have stopped it from happening if he was real but he was dead yes but Storm could have done any of that and the minute you do that the minute you point to a real life incident and put somebody as powerful as superheroes into it you're instantly breaking your suspension of disbelief because it's like well yes Storm could have stopped New Orleans from happening or she certainly could have prevented it from being that bad Yeah. but it doesn't work because we look out of our window the next day and New Orleans still happened and it's the same when, when did we have this argument about 9-11 where if that Superman was real... We did No, no, the Spider-Man one. Was it the Spider-Man episode? Whereas if Superman was real, 9-11 would not have happened the way that it did happen. It just wouldn't have. Even if you only had Superman. Forget all the other heroes that would have showed up. Supergirl and Power Girl and all the others. And forget the fact that Batman could have tracked um, Osama Bin Laden down in days because he's the world's greatest detective. So you see my problem with it. Do you understand where I'm coming from with this? The minute that you do that, it's misguided. And I think ultimately harmful to the stories because you bring in an element. Superhero comics have to be believable. They have to have verisimilitude. They don't necessarily have to be realistic. I.e., 
beating up people and killing lots of people. Yes. Or so let's take Superman 4 for an example. Right. I would have had no problem in Superman 4 with him rebuilding the Great Wall of China at super speed, which is what he did yeah. in the comic book adaptation. I accept that has been believable in the extent that it takes Superman's powers and transplants them to something that you can accept him being able to do. Whereas in the film, he just goes and looks at it and suddenly he's got Great Wall of China repair vision. Okay. Like, where the hell did that come from? Or was he not, like, fixing it so fast? That you couldn't see him move. Yeah. Well, Alright, I'll buy that. Okay. I'll go with that. You've just no-prized <laughs> Superman 4. Um, so, you know, I'm just not fond of it as a general rule. Ah, you ready? I'm ready. Alright, there's no pussyfooting around this anymore. I think this story is dumber than dirt, is my humble opinion. One, Superman already has full UN backing, and has for a long time. Two, they've played with other instances of truth and justice before. Remember truth, justice and the Terran way? Yes. from Superman Spider-Man 1 so it isn't the first time that they've done that but in this instance and I know you know in this instance the writer puts Superman into a deliberately provocative position with no forethought to the long term damage he may do to the character now the people that have said yes but the American way was grafted onto the character a few years after his debut around the war and then made popular by the 50s TV show they're right, they're right to say that and one of his creators was Canadian and yes, they've struggled with how to incorporate this into other media for a while now if you listen to the sound bites that I've clipped into the show I've not well you will, but Superman's American I'm sorry, but he is I love Superman, but I have no problem with the American but but he's not he is, but he's not yes he is, he's He's just as American he was raised as an American he's an American citizen I'm not American, and I have no problem with him being part of the American way now, you can ask alright, what is the American way because it isn't as clearly identifiable as Captain America standing for the American dream but it's, is it the proliferation of McDonald's or big business? Is that the American way? No, because Superman wouldn't support that. It's not as simplistic as that. The American way is the democratic way. It's just as applicable here and to any free country in the world. It's not just an American ideal. It's a way of expressing that in a way that's understandable. Could some other country see it as inflammatory? Yes. But it's, is it also inspirational? Yes. I would argue that it is. And Superman should be inspirational. This story robs Superman of that. It's a writer who's come in, pissed on the legend, and then buggers off because he is near every month making this work. Now, I grant you this is but one story in a book full of stories in a magazine that's been published for over 70 years. So you could argue, does it matter? And yes, anything that harms the character matters. It's a boneheaded story in an otherwise entertaining book. Um, I mean, it's got nice art, though. Um, and ultimately, it's not mattered in the larger sense in that DC's already retconned it. But, but the damage to the character will have been done in the news reports, especially given that this story broke the week they caught Osama bin Laden. Well, it's And it's like, if there was any time to celebrate being American... Yeah. It was when they caught Osama bin Laden. Now, it's not the story's fault, to be honest. Well, no, that, that was just bad timing. And, and my problem with that is, um, let's not forget the 7th of July 
as well as the 9th of September. 11th of September, sorry. Hmm. Because he did... I don't know if it was ever proved he was responsible, but it was an Al-Qaeda attack on London on the 7th of July 2007, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was just as big a terrorist attack on, uh, admittedly, a smaller country Hmm. and smaller targets. However... I know you have a different opinion mm. on this lovely story. Take it away. Right. Well, first of all, see all these people here in the protests? Yes. Those me and you. Is it? Yeah, so last week when you said we're actually in this issue, you're right with her. Those me and you, though. Is it? Yeah, panel two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you can see me waving a Superman banner. Yeah. Truth, justice, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, these just look like photos, is the point I'm trying to make it. Yes, the background does look like a photo, especially on the last page, not the last page, the third from last page where Superman flies away after 24 hours, that does look like a photo. Yeah, it does. Uh, but obviously the faces have been obscured. Hmm. Um, I'm also liking Darkseid and Extant. In yeah, this. The, the back the back flashes, flashbacks to other storylines, yes. Yeah. And the Royal Flush Gang. The Royal Flush Gang. <laughs> the Royal Flush Gang. Always nice to see them. They sound a bit poo. No, they're great. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm also not fond of Superman standing in the same spot for 24 hours. I mean, A, he needs to eat. You can go 24 hours without eating. B, he needs water. Well, you can go 24 hours without drinking. C, he get tired and may need to sit down. Superman won't get tired after 24 hours of just standing still. D, he needs to poop. Alright, you've got me on that <laughs> one. He possibly would need to poop. Everybody needs to poop. So, so that's my right, and so I'm going to say this now, right? Is this your alternative counterpoint? It is. Okay. It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have renounced his U.S. citizenship. Before. Okay, fair enough. Right, but because it did, um, I, I agree with it. He's not just for America, right? Right. Okay. He works to save the world and the people of the world. Yes. When, like, in that. Neil Adams Green Arrow uh, Green Lantern thing he's like I know you're going to save the purple skins and oh yeah blue skins and when, the, when the black dude says what have you, you done you for me lately you don't save the brown skins I saved everyone on the goddamn planet dude see so he, he saves the world not just the Americans right yes okay he doesn't stop just to save the US citizens he saves everyone right? yes even in true Britain red sun he saved people in other countries Yes, right. he did. Which was something I did like about Red Son, that he was still inherently a good man, but he'd been raised by the Russians. Yeah. Um, he, he still saved the Russians and the Brits, even though... He, but when he's now an American patriot, he only stands for the Americans. He should have never been a US citizen anyway, really, since he's an alien. Yeah, but he, he's grown up as an American. Well, Superman hasn't. Yes, he has. Well, Superman hasn't. Okay, carry okay, on. Right. I'll let you finish your See, point. He, he's Superman, right? Uh, Clark Kent being a US citizen is fine. I'm fine with that because he is a US citizen. Clark Kent was raised as an American, mm. but Superman shouldn't because Superman is Kal-El. Mm-hmm. But um, now I'm fine with in this story, as long as Superman, Clark Kent is remaining US citizen, then I'm fine with Superman not But being. doesn't that make him a bit hypocritical? Superman to announce his renounce his US citizenship, but for Clark Kent to remain a US citizen. Well, Clark Kent doesn't go out of his way to save millions of people's lives. But okay, well, your your problem here then is where do Clark's viewpoints on international policy and Superman's viewpoints on international policy differ? 
Well, they kind of don't. It's they just wouldn't. that Superman is kind of being used as a tool of the American government. Really. No, he's not. He didn't but go there. In the stories, he kind of are. No, they're not. He didn't go there as a as a tool of the American government. The American government didn't send him. He went of his own violation. And he can do that while still being a US citizen. But they're now blaming him for going political on them. Yes, they are. As though he works for them. Yes, but he already has UN backing, despite being an American citizen. Alright, okay. Say, so well, go on. And um, Superman um, should stand for truth and justice, right? but he shouldn't have stood for any way at all. Not American, British, Russian, Mexican, whatever. He shouldn't have stood for any way at all. Truth and justice may be, but since he's for everyone, for all seasons... Yes, see, see why you did that. Um... It's just, he shouldn't stand for truth just in the American way. He should stand for everyone, because he's um, idolised by people all around the world. Yeah. He shouldn't just be um, a US citizen. He should be, like, a citizen of the world and stuff. Well, you can argue that we're all citizens of the world. And the minute that we realise that as a race and stop being so small-minded and petty and actually go, well, we all actually live here, let's get on with each other and make the world a better place, then the world will be a better place. Yeah. But you would still be of your country of origin. I mean, you can even emigrate and become a citizen of another country, but you can't take the heartland out of the person. I could go and live in Canada tomorrow, and after 10, 20 years of living there, I could become a Canadian citizen. Take me with you. Well, okay. But I would always consider myself British. So in that case, Superman isn't your citizen. Yes, then. he is. No, he's not. He's he was a raised Kryptonian citizen. He was raised in America as an American. But he was. So he Krypton. can look after the entire world, and he would. Yeah. He would. He would stop threats to the entire world. He would stop incidents going on all over the world. He would stop tsunamis and earthquakes in other countries. He would do his bit for the world. But that doesn't change the fact that at his heart, he feels like an American. He isn't Kryptonian. He didn't grow up on Krypton. He's from Krypton, but he's an American. So the flip point of what I just said to you, if we'd have moved away when you were a baby, I would still think of myself as British, to use the example I just gave, but you would think of yourself as Canadian, because you grew up in Canada. And it's the same with this. To have Superman renounce his US citizenship is essentially to turn his back on the country that gave him a home. Now, you can argue all you want that Clark would still be a US citizen. Yeah. And Superman wouldn't. But essentially, the political viewpoint would be the same, because they are the same person. Superman's not going to have different political views to Clark. Clark believes this in this story. Yeah. Just as much as Superman does. So it makes Superman a hypocrite to not have Clark renounce his US citizenship. But I also think that Superman would be a US citizen. Under his real name of Kal-El, he's a deputised officer of the law. He can give evidence in court. Batman can't do that. Spider-Man can't do that because they wear masks. But Superman can under the name Kal-El. It's his real name. Mm. So by that definition then, at some point... Surely some president somewhere has given him US citizenship under the name Kal-El. Yeah, but you're saying he's turning his back on the country that gave him a home, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like he chose to land there, is it? No, it isn't. And it is just one of those things that it is dumb luck that he ended up there. Mm. And which is why there have been so many Elseworlds stories of what if Superman landed somewhere else. 
should do a Mexico next. <laughs> what if Superman was Mexican? Yeah. Um, all to that, I think this was a dumb story. It was. Really. Um, it's somebody who's just come in, like I said, to just kick over the apple cart and to stir up controversy. And DC have already backed down on it. Just that as well. I wouldn't mind it if they stood by the decision. Yeah, if they'd have done this for some particular story point that would have led somewhere after, I don't know, six issue or eight issue or nine issue or twelve issue story mm. that ultimately ended up with Superman going down the same route that he always does when they do stories like this where he, he goes to the realisation that, look, I can't interfere with your problems. Which is ultimately the end of every story that they do that is similar to this. Yeah. Because he has to. He has to realise that he can't do everything for us because the minute he does that, he's not doing us any favours. The best thing you can do for somebody is help them when they're in trouble. The worst thing you can do for somebody is help them with something that they could and should be doing themselves. And that's the point of any kind of story where Superman gets involved in any political situation. It has to end like Superman thought. Yeah. It has to end with him saying, I can't get involved with this. You've got to sort out your own problems mm. or you're going to destroy your own world. And that's if this had been a prelude to a story that did that story again, yeah. but whatever, then fine. But the fact that it's just a seven-page story and a backup feature that ultimately now we've been told by DC Editorial is not going to go anywhere. Pussies. Yeah, it's Sorry. just... No, you're right. They sh if they were going to do this, they should have had the guts to follow it through yeah. and tell a proper story about the ramifications of this. Would then the US government have considered Superman a threat now? That would potentially be a good yeah. story. Would allies of America now consider Superman a threat, like us? Yeah. That would have been a good story. So would now countries be embracing him? He obviously believes in our cause. Hmm. That would be a good story. Well, the using Superman is like Americans in this. I'm not actually going against Americans, but he's a weapon for Americans against your country. But now he's renouncing his US citizenship. Do that. They're treating him like he is a weapon, like in Secret yes. Origin. So these are all potentially good stories that they could have followed up on. Hmm. And they could have told these in Action Comics and Superman. But they've not. They've done this one simple nine-page or eight-page or whatever goddamn hell length it is story and then immediately backpedaled on it. If you're going to court controversy with a storyline like this, do it properly. Otherwise, not at all. Otherwise, don't bother doing it. Because suddenly now the news is all plastered all over Fox News, which is questionable news at best. But anyway, that Superman's renounced his US citizenship. And you've got um, politicians like, was it Cal Thomas or something? I'd have to look up his name again. Who's calling people who read comics illiterate fools. I'm sorry, re reading? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand what reading is. No. And you've got all of this that has done damage to the character. And all these people who are to working on Superman now, 10, 15, 20 years down the line, they won't be around anymore. But yeah. Superman will. Yeah. And you've got to always keep that at the back of your mind. Like I said, I'd have had no problem with this story if it was prelude to a storyline of some kind, like we've mentioned. Hmm. But as it is, there's no reason to exist. It exists purely to be controversial, and it's a writer who's just come in, done his bit, and buggered off. But, I mean, it is his fault, yeah. But and it's the editor's it. fault for letting it happen. Yeah, but as you said, it is the news people and the politicians who are using it more harm than the issue itself. Yes, because the issue itself, it's just one story. Although, no, before the news happened, the issue itself kicked off a storm in a teacup, didn't it? Yeah. Of people messaging back and forward about how this was um, a good idea or a bad idea. And it's been interesting to hear American viewpoint on it from both sides. 
yeah. what they think of it. I mean, we're quite dispassionate about it. I think it's a dumbass idea. You think it's acceptable within mm. the confines of this story. I think it would have been acceptable if they'd done something with it, but they haven't, and therefore there's no need for it to be the pretty art, though. Yes. <sighs> well, that ended up being quite civil. It did. <laughs> to be honest with you. Gotta go put my torch and pitchforks back now. Yes, you're going to have to. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this, what's going to be an extra-length episode of Hey Kids Comics, because we've been recording for over 100 minutes now. Uh, we normally only do about an hour and a half. If you want to see the original script page for the Lois and Clark soundbite that I used in the show that referred to Truth, Justice and the American Way that the TV show cut out... Did it? Yes. It's actually quite interesting to read the script and then listen to the soundbite. Okay. Because the script is a lot more liberal, for want of a better word. Hmm. Uh, he says something like Lois is asking him if you've heard the clip Lois is asking him for a soundbite for a newspaper and she says well, what about truth, justice and the American way and Superman says truth, justice you can use that I like that and she says something like you have something against the American way and Superman replies no, no I love America I grew up in America but I don't want anyone else in the world thinking that their way is bad hmm. And, but they cut all of that from the TV show. So if you want to see the original script for that, even though I've just told you what happened, uh, it's http colon backslash backslash bztv.typepad.com slash newsviews slash files slash Lois Clark underscore Zabel, Z-A-B-E-L dot PDF, because it was written by a guy called Bryce Zabel. For a review of Action Comics 900 that is the polar opposite of mine, visit the Superman homepage, www.supermanhomepage.com, and follow the links to mild-mannered reviews for 2011 and click on the link for Action 900. Adam DeChanel wrote the review, and it's well worth the read for a differing opinion. Uh, Basically, he thinks the best story in the book is the one I thought was the worst story in the book. And um, dislikes all the ones that I liked. Apart from the Paul Dini one. I think we agree on that. It's well worth reading. It's always worth getting somebody else's opinion. Um, And that's it. Unless you have anything to add, my young apprentice. We could put Bill Hicks stuff in there. Yeah, but we're not going to. Uh, In all the years that Superman has fought for truth, justice, all that stuff, only once has he said it himself. So I think we'll give the last word... To the man himself. Superman. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I mean, uh, why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes. Hmm? I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. (laughs) You're going to end up fighting every elected official in this country. Sure you don't really mean that, Lois. I don't believe this.
Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. All music used in the show is copyright by their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this. They do it simply for fun and because they have too much spare time. Ah. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and nobody else. We can be emailed on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com and our website is www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com You can friend us on Facebook by going to Hey Kids, all one name, comics, all one name. Thank you.